Welcome, Vonda, to the 864 Podcast. Thank you. Um, it's super fun to have you here. Uh, I've known you for less than a year, but uh, we've connected multiple times on things, and it's um, the times we've we've met and talked, It's it's been really encouraging to me. And hearing about your involvement and stuff has always been encouraging. So um, we wanted to have you on and just, uh, yeah, share with people what you do and um, all that exciting stuff about ministry and uh, even your past with ministry and all that. So yeah, it's really good to have you. Um, Thank you. Yeah. Thank you for having me. I'm excited and looking forward to the conversation. And, you know, likewise, I look forward to, you know, talking with you and, you know, just ready for what's to come. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> cool. So oh. uh, we usually just kind of start, introduce um, yourself a little bit and just tell us what you do and why you do it. So I'm Vonda Johnson. I am the CEO and founder of Phenomenal Women of a New Generation. Um, Phenomenal Women uh, mentors female youth ages 12 to 18. And um, we just empower and motivate the young women to to be great citizens in their communities when they grow um, older. Our mission is to deliver hope, encourage strength, and promote self-confidence today for the women of tomorrow. Um, That is, is what we do, and that's what we are about um, also, I am employed with Ripple of One in Seneca, South Carolina, and at Ripple, I am the um, care manager of the children and youth. Okay, so, cool, yes. cool. And then, what, <laughs> uh, like, what kind of got you into um, like mentoring young ladies and um, like empowering them? Like, how did you, how did you kind of find your passion and drive for that? It's, <laughs> you know, believe it or not, um, as odd as it may sound. Um, younger like at a younger age um even when I was in high school you know where there were extracurricular activities I wanted to volunteer with you know like the um the children who were challenged um I would spend my time there versus going to gym and Mm -hmm. playing basketball and things like that I've always wanted to um help others if it makes sense to you and um just you know, being a pillow in the community as I, you know, grew older and then um, going through life myself, um, I just noticed that there was a lack in the community for, you know, mentors and um, just people to stand in a place for children who didn't have that. Mm -hmm. So um, I started working at a group home facility. And their um, children were in placement And not always by fault of their own. Um, Some of them were there because of, you know, unfortunate situations that happened at home. Mm -hmm. Um, And that was through DSS. And then some were DJJ. And um, those children, I think the youngest child that I I had ever seen in placement was eight years old. Mm -hmm. And the oldest, maybe 21. And, you know, the thing about that is they, the children there, they needed um, love and care. And they needed families. Um, They needed... um, you know, the, the therapists, and they needed, um, you know, all of those things. Mm-hmm. But they also needed, you know, mentors. And sometimes they didn't want to, you know, there were things they wanted to talk about or there were people they wanted to reach, you know, out to or people they wanted to reach them. And it didn't always, you know, occur to, <laughs> I think, some people that, you know, it's not always apparent that I want to tell things because sometimes I feel that, you know, mom or dad may judge me or, you know, a grandparent may not see me the same way. And so um, that's some of, you know, what inspired me to do what I do. Mm. And even myself, you know, as a teen child, um, 
there were a lot of things that I experienced that I really didn't want to, you know, share with my parents because mm-hmm. there is a, you know, a thing of, you know, you don't want to disappoint your parents and you don't want them to look at you different because you feel a way or you see a certain, you know, type of thing, you know, differently than how you feel they would expect you mm-hmm. to look mm-hmm. at it. So all of those things are um, a lot of why I do what yeah. I do. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so it's you kind of create um, like a a safe place outside of what um, like some p- kids might not feel as safe in like their family environment. Then if you would come in and provide like a sp- safe place for them to talk and share, and um, even just someone different, because I mean, yeah, even like even if you do have a good family, it like you said, it can sometimes be intimidating to share some stuff that you're going through with a family member just because of how they might view you or how like you want, you want their respect and you want them to look at you in a good light. Um, but yeah, that's really cool. Um, coming alongside and, and mentoring mentorship is, is so important. Like what you said, it, uh, yeah, the value of mentorship in today's mm-hmm. culture is, is so heavy. Like there, it's just, you can't really put a value on it. It's, it's yeah, awesome. It's immeasurable for sure. Yeah. 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 Um, now I guess, uh, to follow up, like what, what brought you to like the upstate in particular? Um, like what, uh, where are you from originally? I'm from Anderson, South Carolina. (laughs) I was born and raised in Anderson. Yeah. 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 Not far. Um, and then as far as me being here in Oconee County, Mm -hmm. my husband brought me here. (laughs) He's from Seneca. And, um, after we married, then I moved to um, Seneca. Um, it was different for me. Um, and challenging because this is uncharted waters for me. You know, I didn't know anyone here in this area. So, um, me, um, just getting legs and actually being able to move around in this area with my organization Mm -hmm. has been a challenge. So Mm -hmm. being able to meet people like yourself and, um, the ability to, you know, grow in this community, um, it's been challenging, but now being able to do that is, is very exciting. Yeah. I'm excited about that. Yeah. Yes. So, yeah. Oh, I guess, <laughs> um, we didn't really have this as a question, but I, I think it, um, I just kind of want to know out of curiosity, like what were some practical steps that you took to, to kind of take what you had from Anderson and like start something here in like Oconee County? Like what were some like first steps, like even just with the idea in mind, like if someone were wanting to start something and like, move somewhere else and kind of take that with them? Like what are some good things for them to do right off the bat to like try to integrate themselves in a new community? Meet people. Meet people. I like that. Get out of your own head. Okay. Don't feel like you can't be accepted. Okay. Because you don't know um, anyone. And I'm saying that because that's what I had to teach myself. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it took me a while because, you know, like I said, I was born and raised in Anderson. Mm-hmm. I know people there. Mm-hmm. You know, I have family there. I have friends there. I'm well-grounded there. I'm well-rounded there. Mm -hmm. And um, you just have to get out of your own way. Mm. And, you know, you walk into a room where you know no one, then you have to, you know, be encouraging to yourself and just go. Mm -hmm. That's what I did. That's what I had to do. And um, that would be my advice. And once you do that, you can't stop. Yeah. You have to keep going even when you feel like you don't want to mm-hmm. or you, you can't or you're not going to be, you know, always told yes or, you know, you're not going to always receive the news that you want to hear. Mm-hmm. Then you accept that mm-hmm. and, you you know, you just keep going. 
Yeah. So, um, so that's how, sorry. Um, <laughs> how, how did you get connected with Ripple of One specifically? You wouldn't believe me if I told you. <laughs> <laughs> well, we love stories, so <laughs> I was a stalker intentionally. Okay. How I um connected with Ripple, I was we were riding past um what is it Clemson Boulevard I think, um, once went whatever yeah yeah yep that road and I kept seeing the billboard signs yeah and it was always something about Ripple and it always had an awesome quote and there was always this family who made it or this family who moved from food stamps to now they are you know, in this great place, or mm-hmm. it was always something motivational and encouraging. So, you know, I was finally like, okay, what's Ripple of One? I'm going to Google it. And so I um, looked Ripple up, and it was just amazing to me. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, I got to get with these people. Mm-hmm. You know, I got to find out what they're about because I'm supposed to be there. Mm-hmm. And so um, I reach out to Ripple, and then I want to volunteer for Ripple. So I start there. And then now I want to work there. Mm-hmm. So every time that Ripple had a job opening that I know I'm not qualified for, I cannot be a financial coach because I have a shopping habit. <laughs> you know, I can't, you know, I'm just, yeah. you know, being honest. Yeah. But because those jobs were open at Ripple of One, I know that I'm supposed to be there. I know that I'm supposed to do something, but. It's just not there for me, but I'm not going to stop. I'm not going to give up because I believe in me. (laughs) And so um, I apply for another financial coach um, position in Dreama, who is now my boss, Mm -hmm. calls me and she says, "Um, okay, Vonda, this is another um, financial coach job. Do you feel that you're qualified? And I was like, I'm just going to be honest. No, ma'am, I'm not. And she says to me, she said, if Ripple had a dream job for you, what would it be? And I said, anything pertaining to working with kids. Mm -hmm. If it's involving kids, whatever it is, I'll take it. And she said, I'll keep you in mind. And I said, okay. So um, Rhea, who is now an associate, but was once in the position where I now am. Mm -hmm. And she she and I connected. And so I start facilitating group mentor um, meetings with Ripple, um, the young ladies who are at Ripple, um, who are daughters of the participants. Mm-hmm. And so, long story short, I look up um, Indeed Jobs. Okay. And um, there's a position for a children's program manager at Ripple, and I apply. And so they call me in for an interview. And I share with Rhea, I think I'm going to be working with you. And she said, really? I said, yeah. Um, they called me in for an interview. And she was like, Vonda, we're not going to be working together because that's my job. And I was like, what? <laughs> and she was like, yeah, I'm leaving. And I was like, why didn't you tell me? And she oh. was, you know, she tells me yeah. why she didn't tell me. And I was like, that's crazy. And so um, they called me in for a second interview, I think the next day. And so I was blessed with the job. Yeah, awesome. And um, it's been up ever since. Yeah. Yeah, so um, it's been a year. And... I love it. Yeah. What What do you do at Ripple? Like, um, I know you, you said you work with kids, but, like, what um, specifically do you do in the week with Ripple? So um, with the Children and Youth Program, just like the parents um, who are participants there, we um, work with the children. We're teaching them finances, money matters, so do I. Mm-hmm. So they are um, 
being taught how to handle their money. And it's pretty awesome because um, they have their incentive sheets. And when they earn their incentives for the month, they have the um, checking and savings accounts. So they earn their money and half goes into checking account, half goes into the, the savings account. And so they're able to spend money from the checking account. So we have a, a Ripple store there um, where the children are able to shop. You know, and it's all brand new stuff, all toys and everything. So they think when they come in with their money for their checking account that they're just going to, I'm just going to come in and just spend all my money on whatever I want. But that's not true because they have to spend a will. And so on that will is like car insurance, health oh, wow. insurance, okay. lights, mm-hmm. you know, gas or, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. So they have to spend that and then whatever's left, they can now buy what they want. Mm-hmm. And so that's one of the cool things. And then, um, so we do that. Um, we provide them with um, book bags and school supplies whenever the, the school season starts. Um, parents are able to um, request funding for extracurricular activities. If the funding is there, then they do receive that. Um, it's $200 per month for each child. Um, it's we do what we can to help them, yeah, yeah. you know, um, if a parent reaches out and a child needs therapy, you know, I'll look and see what I can find and, you know, refer a mm-hmm. parent and child therapy mm-hmm. or it's different. It's a lot of different options yeah. out there for them. Yeah. Um, the kids are able to go on different activities and um, participate in different summer mm-hmm. opportunities, you know, based on what's available for them while they're in Ripley. It's a lot. Yeah. yeah. So you <laughs> yeah. basically coordinate um, stuff for the children of the, like the parents who are going mm-hmm. through Ripple. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. And these are, these are younger kids too, not just in the, you said, uh, is it Phenomenal Women? Is the Yeah. Now this is totally separate. And then, yes. Yeah. So yeah. this is with kids of all ages pretty much. Yes. Yeah. With Ripple of Life. Yes. Okay, cool. And then, um, yeah, I guess, also, too, I mean, let's talk a little bit about Phenomenal Women. Like, how did you, um, you talked a little bit about, like, what got you into mentoring and stuff. When did you actually start the Phenomenal Women, and, like, how did that come to be? So, I started Phenomenal Women in August of 2009. Oh, wow. Um, to be honest, um, so, um, with Phenomenal Women, to be honest, um, when Phenomenal Women was found, it was not, um, it was not, <laughs> it was not um, an organization that I intentionally planned for female youth. Um, I started the event, um, <laughs> I was going through an abusive marriage, Um it, I was going through um, a difficult marriage. I'll mm. say that. Mm. And um, I didn't share a lot. And I was speaking with my sister one night, and I shared some things with her. Mm. And so she then shared some things with me. And neither of us knew that we were going through some things. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I asked her, I said, you know what's crazy? And I said, um, I didn't know about you and you didn't know about me, I said, it may be more of us out there. And so um, maybe starting a group and just having women to share Mm -hmm. and having like a safe place would be um, something good. So that's how um, I birthed 
Phenomenal Women. Yeah. Um, the name Phenomenal Women of a New Generation is not, it's not just the name. I got that name from the Phenomenal Women's poem written by Dr. Maya Angela. Okay. Um, she was my personal therapist. I've never met her a day in my life. Oh, wow. But she is who got me through. Um, reading her poems and books and just um, her being, I felt like she was talking to me. And she inspired and motivated me um, in a lot of different ways. Um, I woke up listening to her. I went to bed listening to her because I felt like, you know, sometimes, you know, you can talk to people um, every day and still feel like they don't quite understand you. Mm-hmm. And, you know, listening to a stranger, um, it can be helpful. But listening to someone that you don't know, that you can't see, and um, sometimes know that they've been through things too, not to say a word, just to listen to them, just talk about their experience. And just go through that with them while they go through it with you. It can just make a difference. Mm-hmm. And so she was that person for me. Yeah. And so um, that's 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 how Phenomenal Women started. Okay. So the mentoring young ladies, um, we had a um, an event called Empowering Tomorrow's Women. And at that event, I had a lot of different speakers um, that particular day. And it was geared toward female youth because I always wanted to do something at least once a year for young women. That was our way of giving back. Mm -hmm. And at the end of that event, I had several parents to approach me and ask, you know, if we did anything with young girls. And I was like, I'm sorry, we don't. And, you know, if that many people approached me asking, then I felt like, well, maybe that's what I'm supposed to be doing. Mm -hmm. And so um, then I went back and said, well, you know, I'm going to take this piece of paper, just a piece of notebook paper, and I'm going to put it here. And if we started a mentor group and you wanted your daughter to attend, then leave your information there. If I get enough, you know, responses, then I'll send out some information mm-hmm. and we'll go from there. Mm-hmm. So we got, I think, either 21 or 22 responses. Wow. Yeah. To me, that was enough. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so we went from there. Yeah. And that's how Phenomenal Women um, began mentoring female youth. Yeah. And from there, um, it just spearheaded. Um, each year, we um, we try to feed um, 1,000 people. We um, call it the 1,000. Well, that event is named the 1,000 People Feed. The most people we fed at one event is 838. Hmm. Um we are sponsored by different businesses each year. We've provided clothing, household items, um, new and gently used um, toys for, for children. Um, Janelle Monet, um, I think Janelle is a pop star. She personally sent for Phenomenal Women mm-hmm. to come meet her in Greenville as she did um, an interview there. Um, we've received accolades um, from the community. I've received um, an award, Black History Month, for phenomenal women and all that they've done in the community with young young women, um, other accolades as well. But the biggest reward that I've ever received was my children sitting in the audience, mm. you know, knowing that um, their mom made a difference. Mm. Um, my now husband knowing that his wife has made a difference. Um, my mom knowing that her daughter 
made a mark in the community. You know, my siblings knowing that um, I did something right. Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, (laughs) it's still more to be done. I'm not done. Mm -hmm. Not finished. Mm -hmm. So that is is my spill on where phenomenal women came from. Yeah. Yeah. No, I love love how it – I think so many great things um, that people are doing start from, like, seeing a need. And you seeing that, like, with your sister, that conversation, and seeing that, like, because of that conversation, um, you were in part, like, mentoring each other and, like, helping each other see things that the other person didn't see. Hey, and no then that, that kind of um, grew into this where now you're you're helping other people see the things they might not see. And and seeing how that, that changed your life and the trajectory of your life, and you want to now do that with other people, I, I think that's awesome. And... Yeah, I, yeah, I think it's always cool to see. We talked about it a couple episodes ago about how um, when you see a need in the world and you see that the the gifts and abilities God's given you, and then you see a need and how that kind of meshes together, mm-hmm. it's really cool to see how that how that works out and how that um, you can really make a difference that way. So that was really cool to hear that. Thank yeah. you. And thanks for sharing that. That was um, yeah, it was really encouraging. Yeah, Thank and, you. and I really, I really like the idea of just like when you see the need, doing something about it, because I think there's anybody can look around and see a need or something lacking in the world and complain about it or mm. wish somebody else would do something about mm-hmm. it. But that's part of the reason why we're doing the podcast in the first place is to encourage people to act on those needs that they see, and also if they see somebody that's already moving in a direction that they want to be helping in to jump on board. Mm. Um, so I, I really like that, that idea of just you see the need and you do something about it and it doesn't have to be a whole lot more complicated than that. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure you've gotten into things you didn't think you would, or <laughs> it's gone a lot further than maybe you thought it would Absolutely. originally, but, yeah. but just starting <laughs> is, is so crucial. I think. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Um, yeah, I guess uh, we, we we hit on a lot of those first couple questions just with all that, the story <laughs> and, like, what drove you to do that and all that. Um, I guess, like, I, I've been – we haven't asked this really to anyone else, but uh, I don't know why I thought of it for you. But, like, is there any individual that – I guess you talked about the poet. What was her name again, the poet? Maya Angelou. Maya Angelou, mm-hmm. okay. So are there any other, like, individuals that you actually knew personally that kind of drove and motivated you – to like to do the things you do today hmm. I can't you know um characteristics of my own yes but as far as um my work in the community I can't think of very many okay but like you know personal characteristics yes of course yeah but um as far as ministry like yeah. Okay. So you just <laughs> you just kind of followed followed dreams of your own and um passions of your own and I had no idea where I was going. It was just an idea. Um I got advice from no one. I just you know, came up with an idea. I wrote it down and I have a ton of notebooks at home with all kinds of different stuff. Mm-hmm. Never kept the same notebook and I just googled and read and youtube and and that's how i learned and i'm still learning Mm -hmm. you know i have a lot of questions that i don't have answers for 
and, you know, a lot of wishes that I hope come true, you know, but, um, that's, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah no, I mean, yeah. Um, yeah, I think, it, I guess, um, do you have something you want to add? No, I was just, I was just curious as far as, um, phenomenal women goes that started in Anderson mm-hmm. and has that, have you also brought that to the Seneca area or is that? Yes. Do you, and do you tie that in somewhat with what you do at Ripple of One? Yes, I have been welcomed um, to bring that to Ripple. And so the young ladies who um, are tied into that, our group is called Fierce. Okay. And um, we are focusing on independence, education, real life skills, core values, and empowerment. Okay. And so um, I met a community leader um, at a coffee shop in Seneca. And he blessed me with the ability to have meetings in his space. And so we're meeting with young women mm-hmm. there. Mm-hmm. His name happens to be Mike Dean. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and so um, we will be facilitating group meetings with those young ladies. And um, they are daughters of the participants at Ripple of One. Okay, yes. cool. And then you um, walk us through, like, what is what does that meeting look like? Because you, you talked to me a little bit about it, but just to share with everybody else, what is, what is like, a typical, like, morning look like when you do that? So um, for this particular meeting, um, we just I sent out um, an invitation. It was Cupcakes and Conversation. Mm-hmm. So, of course, the girls were looking forward mm-hmm. to that. <laughs> so um, we gathered. None of them had ever met each other. So, of course, they were all shy. Wow. And so um, it was like our introduction meeting. They came in. My thing was I wanted to know from them what they um, not only expected from just a girl group, but what their needs and wants were mm. for being a part of a girl a girl's group. Not just the physical needs and wants, like the mental part of it, like, you know, um, some of the topics and things like that that they would want to talk about some of the experiences they would want to get out of being a part of a girl's group and um, some of the things they would look forward to. Mm. So it was just a matter of jotting down some notes and allowing them to um, be open with um, those things that they wanted, needed, or expected. And just um, the, the fact that we were able to share with them, you know, after they shared with us, we want them to know that that is a safe place mm-hmm. and, you know, confidentiality is a must. Mm-hmm. And um, just talked about some of the things that we want to do with them and some of the things that they can look for as far as being in the group. Mm-hmm. And they were really, really excited about it. Cool. And so it's going to work. Yeah, mm-hmm. cool. Like what are some um, what are some goals or uh, like vision you have for this year with that group? So some of the visions I have with, so the next time we meet, we'll actually be completing, um, well, we'll be working on vision boards. Okay. I look forward to having um, guest speakers to come in and speak with the girls about Mm -hmm. um, the pros and cons of good and bad decision making. Mm -hmm. Um, I look forward to possibly having um, someone in law enforcement coming in and talking to the girls about traffic, um, sex trafficking. Mm -hmm. Like I want to be realistic with the girls. Mm -hmm. I want to make sure that, you know, everything will be age appropriate. Mm -hmm. Having, you know, um, different people to come in and talk with the girls about, you know, this age group or that age group. Mm -hmm. Um, I want to make sure that we are um, 
Well, basically covering all of the important things. Mm -hmm. And then I also want to make sure that they have fun and experience things that they may not be able to experience elsewhere. Mm -hmm. They were saying that they wanted to do things like, um, you know, things that we may consider, oh, you know, that's, that's basic. Like people do that all the time. We may think people mm -hmm. do things like that all the time, mm -hmm. but things that we feel, you know, are just common. Some other, you know, kid may not have experienced before. So they were saying things like skating mm -hmm. or we want to go to urban air, mm -hmm. you know, and places like that. Mm -hmm. And we want to take them there, yeah. you know, and do things like that. So they want to do field day. You know, we're thinking <laughs> field day, but yeah. we're going to make a thing out of field yeah. day. You yeah. know, it's going to be big. It's going to yeah. be epic yeah. because that's what they want to do. Yeah. You know, so things like that I'm looking yeah. forward to. Yeah. Cool. That's it, awesome. It's amazing how little effort it takes sometimes, like mm -hmm. how basic just doing normal things in life and how effective that can be in reaching and, mm -hmm. and building relationship. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We've even seen that like at the youth center, um, even as small as taking girls to Starbucks, like that can be the highlight of their week is mm -hmm. they get to go like to Starbucks and get a coffee drink. Like to us, it's like some of us might go to Starbucks every day. And right. It's <laughs> like, we don't even think about it, but um, yeah. like to teens, I think, I think the value of relationships is even more than anything mm -hmm. physical like that. They just want to be a friend to someone and they want someone to be able to do something with and all that. So yeah. really doesn't need to be overcomplicated. No. Right. Yeah. And I mean, we'll do other things like, you know, phenomenal women, we facilitated mother daughter teas and mm -hmm. we'll do those things. We facilitated father daughter dances. We'll do those things. And when we do things like that, like the mother daughter tea, um, it was something simple. We had a bowl. We placed um, different things in it, like bake a cake, go for a walk, um, go shopping, read a book, buy, you know, something. And those were things that the girls chose out of, I mean, well, they, they didn't look, they just grabbed. Mm -hmm. And so whatever you chose, that's what you had to do with your mom. Mm. And when we had the tea party, then that girl and her mom were given the opportunity to stand up and share with the group. Mm. Um, about that experience so they're thinking well I'm just baking a cake with my mama and they're getting well we did this or we did that and it came out this way but what they don't know is that is time for them and their mom no matter how many siblings they have mm -hmm. for them to share with their mom mm -hmm. and just work on that relationship they're mm -hmm. building their bond and they're growing what they also don't realize is they're working on public speaking they're working on, yeah. you know, interaction and social skills and, yeah. you know, all of the, the things, as they call it. And they're getting up in front of people, working on personal presentation and things like that. So mm -hmm. if we say those things, OK, so we want you to do this and you're going to be working on personal presentation and social skills and they're going to slide under the table and we'll never see their faces again. <laughs> yep. But if we just make it fun, yeah. then they're more, you yeah. know, they're more interested yeah. in doing it. So. We'll do things like that, yeah. but we'll make it fun so that they are more interested in doing it yeah, too. So. That's cool. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think yeah, that, that's so important because, like you said, if you if you just tell them like we're gonna have a class on public speaking, like no one would probably show up. <laughs> They'd be like, I don't right. want to do that. That sounds terrible. <laughs> yeah. Um. But yeah, I think uh, doing the doing the fun things and the simple things and kind of having mm -hmm. the idea that we're gonna learn this from that and right. being creative with that and. I love, um, I think one thing that I've learned so much from talking to all these individuals like on the podcast is like creativity and drive are so much of what um, good things come out of. Mm -hmm. It's like 
people being creative with the way they approach things, like the way you like mentor girls, like just be creative with it. It doesn't have mm-hmm. to be the same way as someone else does it. Um, it can be your own spin on it, but then after that creativity comes your drive and like your motivation, like you have to actually go out and do it. Then like what you said, it's like you, um, if you, if there's an idea that you want to do, just go do it and then learn how to do it and, and try to do it the best you can. And I, yeah, I think it's fun. It's fun for me to hear that from you, like the different ways that you can creatively work with teens and, um, and really empower them through different ways that they might not even know they're being empowered and taught. So um, I think that's really cool. So, um, What would you say is the, the biggest challenge that you face as you work with young people, whether that's at Ripple or um, in your smaller groups with teens? Them being um, promised or promised um what I don't even I'm trying to say. Um when they have been either broken or received a thousand promises by some adult who has chosen not to follow through, mm-hmm. it's hard for us to either get in or kind of sorta go behind that adult or those adults to build relationships mm-hmm. with them. You know, it's it's just hard. Yeah, they want to put up barriers. Yeah. And then it's, yeah. Yeah. And then I guess, yeah, off of that, like what, on the flip side, what has been like the most rewarding for you personally? Oh, growth. Growth? Yeah. yeah. Well, if well, I can see a difference. Yeah. You know, like, and it doesn't have to be a big difference. Hmm. If I can just see a smile, if I can go in, like if I go into a room, like when we had the meeting that Saturday, mm-hmm. and just when the girls saw each other, everybody was against the wall looking like this. By the time that meeting was over, I was like, this is crazy. Mm-hmm. It was like they had known each other forever. Yeah. In Sydney, um, the lady who was there with me, she was like, this is the real work. <laughs> work. I was like, we're doing it. Like, this is awesome. it. That was so awesome. You know, just, and all it takes for me is a little bit. If mm-hmm. I can just have a little mm-hmm. bit, I'm good. You know, I'm, we're going to yeah. cruise. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We're going to cruise. Yeah. That's awesome growth. Uh, yeah. That's so important and being able to see that even if it's just a little bit because mm-hmm. some people might need a lot to get them excited or might need mm-hmm. to see a, a changed life completely. But I, looking for small things to really draw to and be excited about. That mustard that, seed. Yeah, that's that cool. Seed. Oh, yeah. yeah. Working with people <laughs> is often a very slow process. And, I mean, sometimes you don't ever really receive anything. But um, I like that idea of looking for even just small growth. Sometimes even our expectation of what we want somebody to become gets in the way of them flourishing as they actually are. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, I guess we're kind of getting to the end. Um, <laughs> we, uh, yeah, it's been, it's been, conversation has been awesome. Mm-hmm. I really enjoyed it. Thank um, you. We, we always end with this question, um, all our guests, and we ask them, What's one thing the world needs more of and why? Love. Love. I love it. Love. Um, why? Because people are so mean. Mm. You know? Yeah. And I just feel like um, everybody deserves a chance. Mm. You know, people don't even give themselves a chance. You know, 
There are so many people out there that are just so hard on themselves. Mm. If they would just give themselves a chance, you know, it would make a difference. Mm-hmm. So I say love. That, yeah, that's so good. I, <laughs> I love that. And people are mean. That is, I, <laughs> yeah, I completely agree with that. There, there's way too many people out there bringing people down, mm-hmm. and there's enough voices out there of negativity. And um, yeah, and even just for us practically, like instead of instead of being the voice of negativity to our neighbor or to our person we see or our coworker or whatever, we can just show love. And I feel like that would go a really long way. Yeah. And yeah. just the expectation of showing love instead of showing hostility or, you know, yeah, I think people would have a better view of themselves and they would have a better view of the community around them if they would just show I love. Yeah. Um, I like that. It's short, simple, love each other. Yeah. That's cool. That's it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Do you have anything else you want to ask or pry or? Um, uh, not that's coming to mind right now. Oh. Yeah. I, I've been, yeah, this has been super awesome and encouraging. And yeah, I, oh, I love hearing what you're doing. And I, yeah, I encourage you to keep on doing what you're doing because it, you. um, it's cool to see you work with, um, like even using your talents and, using your gifts and actually like working on them and actually like learning how to do it well. And, um, and that's, that's something that the community needs more of inside. Yeah. I encourage you to keep on going and, Thank you. um, and keep on working with the, the girls and cause it's, it's so needed. And, um, there's not enough people that will just sit in a room with however many high school <laughs> girls and middle school girls and actually enjoy it. I will. So, um, yeah, I, I think, yeah, you doing that is phenomenal and much needed. So, Thank I you. encourage you with that, and yeah, if there's ever a way that we can help, um, let us know. So I will. But thank you. Anyway, thank you for coming on the podcast, and yeah, we really enjoyed it. Awesome. So, thank you. All right. Well, Alex, that's a wrap. <laughs> <laughs>